Welcome to Talking Chalk with Jamie and Goody, a podcast about your team and your fantasy baseball keeper league and all the drama, triumph, and failure that goes into it. In this episode, Goody and I finish our review of the 2021 draft and welcome the pod's first ever guest, Ben Young. Ben goes into his draft philosophy, talks about his championship run, and details when a certain someone may have lit a fire under his ass. Um, and then later on, I think this was like maybe five, six years ago now, Jamie basically called me out about not giving shit about the league and basically said, it's obvious that you don't really care, which was probably partially true at the time. But you know what? I took that personally. All that and more on this episode of Talking Chalk. Hello. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Welcome to Talking Chalk. Ben, as for having me, the first guest of the season, first guest of the podcast, repping the awesome mic and and headset there. Sound quality is pristine, Ben. Compared ben, to Ben is the uh, the most experienced podcaster uh, of our group here. Yeah, this podcast I believe took some tips from me. Listen, I am not uh, too afraid to reach out for advice on things that I don't know anything about. Uh, so I reached out to Ben Young. Fair. He gave me some good advice, and just like most things, now that we are both doing the same type of activity, I'm gonna pass him very quickly. <laughs> But to start out, I definitely appreciated the help. Ben. Oh boy! Okay. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. And we and we appreciate the help, Ben. I wish you could get Goody a better microphone at this point, though. I mean, it's episode two. We need to upgrade your audio game a little bit. We're Goody's still using those Apple AirPods, which cost two hundred fifty dollars for some reason. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah, all right, we'll talk about this afterwards. Maybe I'll need to <laughs> get a get a proper mic. No, you some, sound you sound fine. It sounds fine. We'll get some it's Patreon possible. followers. We'll get a little revenue coming in, and and then we'll yeah, upgrade yeah. the uh, <laughs> the sound systems. I'll, uh, I'll I'll ask my company to sponsor yeah, us. Maybe. the other the other eleven people in the league that listen to the pod. <laughs> listen, several people have listened twice, Ben. So I think we're gonna get some. I I might have been one of them. Of I had course. to listen to you slob Macarius knob a couple times. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, wonderful post-production work that your podcast could pro- probably use some tips on. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, that won't be the last but uh, of the, the ribs, Ben, but we definitely wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about you know your draft experience, your general overall thoughts, and then a little bit about last year, even though most of us have, have moved on. Uh, Goody, okay, did you okay. want to finish off with some sound analysis of perhaps our uh... yeah so so ben jumped right on right before we got to the last point that i want to talk about the draft and i thought was an interesting storyline was i mean pat's draft in general had me scratched my head at certain points but buxton in the first round and then robbie ray in the third round both guys i think are interesting to draft i think buxton you know in the third or fourth rounds would have been interesting i drafted in the fifth round last year i don't see why he's any more valuable or more probable to do to have his breakout year than he was last year and then Robbie Ray I think that would have been a guy that Robbie Ray it's like you know you're what are you doing that would have been a sneaky one that it's like oh in the 12th round I'm buying his spring training resurgence new team you know all that like cool 
third round is paying totally full price for what Robbie Ray can be. Why are you taking James Paxton with that pick? That's someone yeah. who dra has drafted before and who went in the fourth round. <laughs> just, this is this is one of those cases I think where just Pat wants to just kind of prove how smart and savvy he is, basically. I, or I don't know. That's my initial thought on it. Pat, Pat drafts guys too early looking for breakouts. He keeps guys too long looking for breakouts. And when he has players who will actually break out on his team, he trades them away for nothing. He's just doing yeah. everything backwards. So, Ben, you got anything to add on my, that? I was like, my analysis. To bash Pat. <laughs> my analysis with Pat, it's like he's too optimistic with his players or he's reading some sort of wrong uh, ranking system because I'm sure you guys have already covered it. Uh, he's got, you know, Votto hitting 20 bombs. He's got Buxton hitting 30, stealing. He said 30, 20, 30. <laughs> he was like, what the was after the draft saying Buxton 30, 20. It's like, yeah, uh, you know, you guys brought up Robbie, right? Like just guys that I'm just steering clear of completely, <laughs> like not even on my fucking radar where, are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah, <laughs> we are. Okay. Uh, it's like guys that, I'm not even thinking about it's like these guys have been dead for years and Pat like throws out a name and it's like, wait, that guy's like still in the league. Like what's going on here? Then he took Gary Sanchez with his <laughs> next pick and then Drew Smiley, Drew Smiley, yeah, then like Votto, then Straw. Like those were his first six picks. And, Buxton, and, and Ray. Straw was another guy that like I thought at the end I'd slot into my outfield to try and get steals. Like, you know, I draft him in like the 14th round or whatever because it's like, oh, he's on the Astros. It's interesting. And once again, Pat, like, what can Straw do? Straw's going to be like, what, Nick Madrill in best case scenario? And Pat, like, Pat took Buxton. I didn't even talk about this. Pat took Randy in the uh, the rookie draft. Rookie that was his, Which was the right pick. That was his fourth outfielder. So Byron Buxton was his fifth outfielder that he took in the well, first round. That aspect mm. of it. Like, why didn't you take Brandon Lau there to fill in, you know, first base so you didn't have to play the... the oh, I would have taken Lau. The, the dead, yeah, possibly sure. dead Joey Votto or second base, or outfield if you wanted. Like, five outfielders, Pat? What the hell? No, I, I, and, and, and in talking about it, it's like... You can't Votto, make sense of it. <laughs> you can't make sense of not it. Not that Votto in the eighth round is, like, the worst thing in the world, but it's like, he's a guy... Does he not realize Cabrera and Votto have been left in free agency for the last two years yeah. in this league? They've just... They're fringe, they're replacement-level guys at this point. Yeah, like... Again, we talk Move on. Like, move on. Yeah, take a lottery ticket on a younger guy, a ben. deep sleeper, you know, not a old head that is past his prime. You're not going to have chances are you're not going to have this like, you know, dead cat bounce out of nowhere. Like, oh, wow. You know, 30 home runs off of Votto or whatever. Like, it's probably not going to happen. Tell him, Ben, he's going to be mashing that research button early in the season, dropping all these yeah. guys. <laughs> and then I'll be right there. Swoop <laughs> in, pick them up. Whereas, whereas Ben hits the research button, Pat always has the best team of the last 30 days or the last, you know, once all the oranges have, you know, expelled all their, yeah. their juice, ben he's juice. got that guy on yep. the team. Did you guys go over all the other teams already? That was, sure. that was it. Yeah. No, that was okay. Kind of, we went, we got through all of our analysis. That was the only thing. Missing. Oh, okay, I, was like, cool. I was like, Hey, we still got to get through Pat, but I was like, with Ben coming all on, right. I think he, he'll enjoy coming on for this part. We'll talk about some of the other spice with Ben a little bit later uh, draft wise, but definitely wanted to 
bring Ben on, recognize him as the champ. Can we yeah. congratulate him? Congratulations. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks. I just wanted to do a quick little Wait, rundown. Ben, ben, no, no. Uh, okay, let me set it up. I, I, let me set it up. Oh, you want to set it up? Oh, I thought this was my <laughs> podcast. Welcome to Talking Chalk. Welcome I am your host, Talking Ben. <laughs> With Jamie and Goody. So Ben reached out and wondered if he could talk a little bit about his rise to prominence in the league. He said he'd finish in less than three minutes. And if I understand correctly, that's how a lot of requests with his wife start. He talk he talks very, very kindly and then says it's gonna be less than three it's minutes. Be less honey. than three minutes. So Just put up with it for three minutes. We are Quick happy, and easy. We are happy to uh to give you your floor, Ben. And oh, the okay, timer's thanks. going. All right, timer's going. Okay, well, it was 2010, New Year's Eve is when I was told I was getting invited into the league i was super pumped i had kicked dan lee's ass in nba 2k that night it was a yeah chucker it was uh it was an awesome night so 2011 was my first year i actually made it to the championship that year jamie do you remember that i do i remember everything about it ben okay good i made it to the championship i took over uh what's the guy's name i took over who's what's his name since Brian. It was, yeah, it was Chris. Chris. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I took over his team. I think I had to pick up Jose Bautista too, or did? Oh, Judy yeah. dropped, dropped him. Judy, Judy dropped, dropped him, him and I swooped him one. up. Yeah. Great pick. Led me to the championship. I lost to Goody. Congratulations, you know. And uh, yeah, I probably didn't really know what I was doing. Then again, a lot of guys in this league still don't. So good for me. First year making it to the championship. Um, after that, I definitely had some weak years. I would say it was like just a drought. (laughs) It was just a drought, no playoffs. You know, I had my failing band, had my failing softball team. It was, a, it was, uh, you know, slim years. Um, and then later on, I think this was like maybe five, six years ago. Now, Jamie basically called me out about not giving shit about the league and basically said it's obvious that you don't really care which was probably partially true at the time but you know what i took that personally ben i remember sitting with you at evan's house on a couch and i was scrolling fan graphs on my phone like trying Uh to pushing it in your face like this is what ops is this is what Sierra, oh this is God. what, and I was just trying to educate you, Ben. That's all I wanted. Is to that know. what you were doing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I think since you brought that, since you said that to me though, I think that's when, like I said, like Jordan said, I took that personally and I said, you know what? All right. I got to start paying attention to what's going on. And I think my team gradually got a little bit better each year. I think I did make it to the playoffs um, a few years ago, and I'm pretty but sure it was Trevor... really 2019 was really when you arrived, and it was like you had exactly. a good team. Now it my... went terribly. Oh, well, yeah, I'm getting to that. Team. I'm getting yeah, to that, right, Goody. Right. My team got better, and in 2019, I was kicking ass up until the... it was either right before or right after All Star break, and Jamie set me straight to a path of destruction. <laughs> it was like... like eight, eight weeks Dude, in a row. It was. It was bad. I was like at an all time high. I faced Jamie. I don't know what the score was off the top of my head, but he beat me. And then it was just loss, loss, loss. I'm going, what the hell is going on here? It's like just looking at your, 
you know, your IRA account and every day it's just like red, red, it's like, red. It's like, what? It's like in hell? the NBA when the young buck is feeling himself and then he goes up against Kobe or Jordan yeah. and they're like, and, sorry, young buck. Yeah. So after all that, you know, Jamie ended up winning the championship that year and I ended up getting knocked out of the playoffs. So it wasn't a good look. But the following year, 2020, last year, I took his spot on the committee. I destroyed him in week one. Go yeah. back and look at that matchup. Oh, yeah. It's like 10 to one. And then I won the championship against Trevor, who has kept me out of playoffs or beaten me in playoffs like every single year. He had a ridiculous uh, Strasburg start this one year. I think it was two years ago. Yeah, 2019 that he kept me out of playoffs. Strasburg threw like 14 Ks or some something ridiculous. And that was the, that was the same Strasburg that went on to pitch great in the playoffs and win the National oh, I'm sure. World Series. Yeah. By the way, he was that was uh, Strasburg. Yeah, yeah, he was like zone. it's elite, elite. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, I won the championship. You know, I got my way with the Luna's Pizza that took longer than <laughs> it should terribly. have. We're gonna talk about that, Ben. <laughs> okay, don't, don't worry. <laughs> the pizza did taste very good, even though Evan he screwed up on that. That's his fault. But I too. got the pizza. I got the championship. I beat Jamie. I beat Trevor. And I'm feeling I'm feeling great about it still to this day, even though I do feel like because it was a shorter season, because it was a shorter playoffs. Right. You know, I'm coming into this year and I feel like I still have something to prove for sure. I think, but yeah, that's that pretty much uh, covers it. I don't know. What do you got to say? I like it. I think you probably do have something to prove. There's a lot of teams with one championship. Some of them are kind of joke teams right now. So you definitely want to separate yourself from those. But I think you have been very strong the last two or three years. You've got a, a very good keeper set and you do a good job of keeping on top of things. Maybe not seeing every angle, but you've already had success so far and you can only get better. And I think you winning has energized you more so perhaps than even that sit down at Evans did. So I think you're, you're trying to push and compete and go back to back, um, which is good because this, this league is all about effort. Definitely. I agree. One, one thing I want to make sure I highlight in that Ben missed in his rant uh, and I put it in the show notes was so, and it's, it's the origin of where the name of this podcast comes from of Ben probably around the time when he was at his lows in this league, it all kind of started with, he took Cody Bellinger pretty high in the rookie round. It was in the first few picks for the first three picks. Right. And I remember I really liked the pick. I liked Cody Bellinger as a prospect Yeah. and Bellinger burst onto the scene as he has, and he's been a great player, but Jamie was quick to dismiss it. I remember when Ben tried to take credit for it and said that it was a, a quote chalk pick. That and is very true. So that inspired the name of this, podcast of chalk talk chalk. Chalk, talking chalk chalk talk i like that too <laughs> yeah jamie's always been he's always been on my ass in this league but can't even give you credit to, for the good can't give pick. me credit but at the same time i think it lights a fire under me to try to do better right it and can, then your podcast you lit a fire under us to try to do, <laughs> try to do better right. try to do better and that's so, the only reason I came on this podcast was to plug mine. Musicmoviespod.com. Check it out. What a stupid name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will defend myself. I think that was a chalk pick. Cody Bellinger was a top rookie available. I think 
it was a good pick. It was the right pick. I just didn't want Ben thinking like he had reinvented the world by making that pick. Like later, either that okay. season or the okay. season after, you selected Tyler O'Neill, who I didn't even know who that was. I think and he's I, on, is he on Pat's team? He's on Pat's uh, team. Now he is. <laughs> but no, you you had used a rookie pick on him. And I was like, listen, I don't know who that is. If this guy breaks out, he's like the 90th ranked player. Ben must have read something. Like, if this works out, Ben's a genius. Like when you when you pluck those guys from obscurity, that's when you get some credit. If you take Tatis or Otani with a top rookie pick, like you're just making the right pick. Like you get credit for making the right pick because Pat never does, but it's not like you reinvented the wheel. I, you I don't do. get credit for you don't get credit from yeah. Jamie for that. Right. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I just got to prove myself time and time again. And I do, to be fair, I understand where Jamie is coming from. Um, although I will say I didn't get credit for some of my other rookie picks then, if that's the case. For example, George Springer, I picked him up, rookie waiver. Nobody outwavered me when I got him. Still a keeper to this day. Possible that was a much better pick than the Cody Bellinger, considering that. Maybe. Uh, Cody Bellinger still has a lot of ways to go, though. No, I'm, I'm just okay. saying, considering that you beat oh, a you're bunch of saying, people out. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. You you're saying better pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I understand you. I do. I and, 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 let's, and, and we acknowledge this a little bit, I think, in our preview show. of, I mean, Ben really has, last year he had, I think we said like 14 or 15 top 100 guys, so he just hit on everybody last year. But it's just the – he really has, over the time, built, you know – one of, if not probably the consensus best keeper sets in this league going into the year of guys like not just Bellinger, but, but Trevor Story and, and Jacob DeGrom, the best pitcher in baseball. And at Plesak was a nice little pickup last year. Uh, just, kind, just kind, kind of like I, Tim Anderson. Ben has done, yeah, Tim Anderson, who's I, Tim you know, Anderson. I was a hater. I told Ben, like Who, Cody Bellinger, like, I hated. told Ben he was, I called Tim Anderson an orange to Ben yeah. his first year that he was breaking out. And he proved to be way more valuable than that. So, I, I, you know, whatever whatever method it's been, Ben has built a very has brought together a nice set of talent here. I'll tell you two words: research button. Okay, yes. Zach Plesac. <laughs> you know this guy, Zach Plesac, probably my best pickup last year. I, I mean, obviously because I kept him. Well, him and Grisham, another and you research kept him through button. The COVID hey. shit. Exactly. So I was actually thinking at one point in time about trading him because the coach was down on him. He was still doing the COVID type stuff. They and it's like, Jesus, this guy got it. Yeah. And they I think they were talking about sending him down to the minors at one point because the roster or the rotation was full. So I was yeah. like, what am I going to do here? I held on to him. He comes back and he's still, you know, bringing it. It's spring training this year. He's been uh kind of sloppy i hear he's giving up some bombs Everybody but is, yeah yeah hopefully you know he's just working on stuff but yeah please was a huge pickup i love tim anderson on my team as well grisham i hope he continues i like keeping younger guys with some upside on my team along with and, and guys that are definite and, studs and like the grom and springer you know the two guys you dropped um you, now you dropped my Ada before the playoff or sorry before the end of the season but i think you kind of knew you weren't going to keep him because you had other guys exactly you dropped, you dropped ryu who i know you liked a lot too we talked about that early on about how perry perry especially and you could say about other managers drafting but it's like 
although Maeda was the best player on the board, if Perry should have gone younger with like a Urias or Alcantara, and you made that decision with Plesak, where it's like, it was, you know, they're, they're comparable guys, but you very easily went with the younger guy with the more upside. And same thing with Grisham, too. Exactly. Uh, especially with Ryu, Ryu, I don't know how we pronounce his name, but... Uh, Insensitive, as, Ben. <laughs> Insensitive. <laughs> Come on now. I Listen, tell me how to pronounce it. I'll pronounce it. <laughs> we don't know either. We don't know. We really don't know. But Jamie brought this up on the podcast. The guy gets hurt a fair amount. And I just ha- happened to have him in the, like the last two seasons where he's been killing it. But before that, it's been like on or off with that guy. And I think last I, season, especially with the short season, you can squeeze some of these oranges, exactly. and some of these injured guys, and you keep squeezing, and the season runs out before the juice does. Yeah, exactly. It's, and I, one thing I thought it was funny, because I always remember him being on Evan's team, was when I didn't think Perry was going to take Maeda, I thought then, you know, Duty would take Maeda, and I thought Ryu was going to end up on Evan's team, and I thought that would have been so on brand. For duty for Evan. Oh, for Evan because because yeah, Evan older had guy you before and like yeah. Evan just always redrafts the same guys and he likes yeah. the older guys. So I thought that would yeah. have been funny he is an old, He is an older guy uh manager, it seems like. Yeah. For sure. He, he has his guys that he likes. Bugged. No, he got Bundy, he got a little younger, but he is no, he no, is no the that, that was a good that was a sound pick for yeah. him. Um but yeah, no, I, I think that's interesting. Ben brought that up of leaning to go younger guys with upside because there's uh like you said, there's some managers who think we should, there's some managers who we think should do that a little bit more. Certainly. And Ben's middle of the pack age wise, average age 28, at least keeper wise. So he's got is one that of the top. with, is that with my picks or no, that, no, just, not, no not keeper set? Pick, just keeper set, set. Yeah. And that's even with, I mean, you got the DeGrom's what, like 30 now, but he's like seems to be getting stronger with age. Yeah. The guy throws like 99. Yeah, yeah, he keeps adding velocity each year. It's so, ridiculous. I wonder, I, they, they recently came up with that, uh, the ruling that they're going to start um, policing the spin rates and like if people are using uh, substances to pitch. And I, I read, I was re- reading one thread that said like DeGrom might be one of those guys that has gotten inexplicably better over the last two or three years that might suffer from. Might uh, be that. using something basically. Yeah. And I think everyone's using I didn't that. know about that. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, I think is... everybody's using something, though. Yeah. Verlander definitely was once he got to yeah. Houston. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just you can't do the Michael Pineda. You can't have it all glocked on your glove or whatever or on the palm of your hand. You just can't be obvious about it. You got to be. Gotcha. <laughs> Trevor Bauer's been leading the way. He's, he basically posted on Twitter, like, these guys increased their spin rate. Something's going on. And then the following season, after MLB didn't do anything about it, he started using something and increasing his spin rate. So, like, he's just daring them to take action. Yeah. So they put out this memo that they're going to start policing some of this stuff and taking balls from play and analyzing them for substances. And who knows what they're going to find on it. But it might just mm. be uh, kind of all talk. They might not do that or not it might do be anything. Hard, hard my to, my uh, thing police. is, like, I mean, obviously it's like maybe DeGrom's that guy because he's an outlier of being an older player or an aging player and adding velocity. But I think, I think it's like that kind of thing could probably increase spin rate and all that. I don't know how much you'd be able to add velocity with, with substances though, but I'm right. I'm also not a, you know, biomechanics or a physics expert. So they yeah. also go ahead, Jamie. No, you're good. I was going to say, didn't they also change the ball this year? I mean, I know it's a same. Hey, yeah, they it's changed a baseball, every but year. didn't they? Yeah, but like they deadened it. I don't know if it's like. I don't, I don't know. believe it's going to be heavier. 
if they or the corks going to be different, I guess. Yeah, I would probably look out for drafting yeah. players that had career years last year, like Sal Perez, Eric Hosmer, uh, Tommy Edmund, oh any of these God. guys, <laughs> Randall Grichuk. Uh, I'm not you know, sure who took okay. those guys. But. Okay, all right. We want to. Do we want to talk about my team real quick? Yeah, let's talk about guys. this draft. I love okay. it, man. Oh, uh, for real? Are you for real? Blowing smoke. Okay. Uh, you did text me during the draft, Jamie, saying you liked my Salvi Perez pick, and uh, did you I, really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I'm a I'm a Perez hater. Sorry, and I and maybe it's because I was I was hating on him before the draft Jamie, about the Royals contract. Everybody today. hates this Salvador Perez pick. I don't understand why. Jamie, you ranked Real Muto pretty high as well, and I look at him and Salvador Perez, and it's like. They're almost the same guy minus the steals and Perez is yeah. a little bit older. So I was like, look, I need a catcher here. He's been on my team a couple times. He is a Ben guy. He's definitely a guy. And guess what, Goody? This guy hit three home runs during championship <laughs> week for me. I I want him back. I need to fill that role of catcher. And, you know, which, Jamie, Yeah, I'll have to ask so you. I'll, I'll, let, I'll well. let Jamie give his insight and then I'll, I'll give mine. Okay. First There's of all, guys that go ahead. I was getting really excited. I thought this was going to kick off some old school Ben Young three catchers on the team type strategy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm past that. I'm past that. No, I like it because I had um, Real Muto ranked very highly, top 25 on my board. I must have different uh, catching baselines than some of you folks uh, out there. Sal yeah. Perez was one of the top players, if not the top player available. I knew that I wouldn't ta have taken him pick one. But I definitely would have taken him in that second round where you got him, Ben. Yeah. There are so many catchers that are worth nothing in this league. There are, again, two or three that you can take chances on. Gary Sanchez, Grandal, guys that you're relatively sure might give you decent stats. And then everybody else is practically replacement Garbage. level. Zero. And if Sal Perez is a $20 player or even a $15 player, the difference between that and zero, which many of these teams are going to be carrying in their catcher slot, all season long is the difference between like DeGrom and Max Freed. Like that's a $15 difference. And you get that out of the catcher. Like that's, that's big. And then that's so, what I, I was going to add, or you want to go goody. Go ahead. I, I was just, so here's my point. So, and I, and I, I won't break into the discussion about the assigning dollar values to catcher, because I think that's a whole nother podcast about different modeling and projections and, and that kind of methods and all that. The big thing I want to bring up is that, you know, Sal Perez, and it's, I'd say the same thing about G JT Riomuto with, with your valuation of him, of like, it's not like these guys are Joe Maurer or Buster Posey where they're, they're and I know we don't use this stat, but it just aggregates what their offensive value is compared to the rest of hitters of weighted run creative plus. They're not 130, 140 guys where they're very, very good to great hitters who happen to play catcher. These guys are pretty average hitters who just happened to play catcher Sal Perez last year, other than last year has only had one season where he was an above average weighted run created hitter in the league. And it was 2017 and he was one Oh two every other year after 2013, he has been below 100. And I get when you compare him to other catchers, that's a little better, but it's not like he's really moving the needle offensively from the catcher position is my stance. I think it's all about the position because you say when you compare them to other catchers, but that's, that's what you roster the guy for in the catcher spot. You either have to run nobody and then you miss out on counting stats 
or you have to run a replacement level guy who's but you can also forward. rotate guys through you can uh, you know you can churn a little bit if you have the roster flexibility to do that with their moves uh and you and, can spend and there's always and there's always seems to be one or two catchers now yeah you're granted mitch, whether you mitch catch garvers or yeah. mitch garvers or whatever that end up having the better years so it's like it, I would get the argument, like I said, if these guys were like Mauer or Posey in their prime, where they're they're very good to great hitters who are playing catcher and they're getting more at bats because they're DHing or playing first base and all that. But none of these guys are doing that, and it's not like they're really giving you big offensive numbers either. You don't want a catcher hitting twenty-seven home runs, hitting two sixty-eight. I mean, I I would like that's that. What that's fine, Perez is but doing, I'm but, okay. pretty sure, but I can I'll be able to cobble together, you know, twenty home runs from a catcher. 15, uh, I, know, 15 I, i'd like to runs. see it like and and i'll make up that power elsewhere with other guys i'll make up that power with hope hopefully if things go right for me where i drafted kyle schwarber in the fourth round hitting 35 40 home runs so right. that is what i wanted to ask you jamie is like you know i was talking to trevor he didn't even draft a catcher he doesn't have a catcher on his team yeah like guys don't have catchers and should it be a rule in the league that you have to fill in all your positions maybe i don't know so I mean, it's a dead spot if you want it to be. I'm not, I will be picking up a catcher during week one to play him. I just, okay. I was like, I'll, I'll look at that later. I more just wanted to, especially when I drafted some starters like Gonsolin, who I didn't know if they're going to start or not. It's like, I'd rather just hold those guys, wait to see if they make the rotation and then make my roster decision from there. Gotcha. So, I mean, they're giving something up by not rostering a catcher, that right? Yeah, yeah, that is true. I mean, at, at bats, plate appearances help you win the league. Uh, it's so, the same reason why we limited moves of because guys, you know, at bats are valuable. Streaming at bats even are valuable. So that yeah, that gives Trevor or whoever else an extra roster spot, and they can stream. You know, when their second baseman has off, you know, they can stream a, sec- a second baseman in their place, and it it's possible that the stream second baseman and even likely will have better stats than the catcher. So they they kind of use that catcher true. spot as like a composite streaming spot, but that costs them moves. You know probably yeah. two or three or four throughout the week. And when push comes to shove, when in a head to head matchup, if you've got Sal Perez, who's a plus from the catcher position and Trevor's running out, you know, a 10 hitter lineup instead of an 11 hitter lineup, and you can use your moves to plug in holes as needed as well. It's a disadvantage in a, in like a head to head matchup, but over the course of the whole season, you can certainly make the playoffs in this league by running no catcher. Yeah, because like you said, there's so many teams getting nothing from catcher anyway. I mean, where you guys are saying, I want to be one of the couple of teams that are getting something from catcher. It's similar to in the past that I talked about on the last podcast. I would make sure that my fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth starters were quality. Whereas Trevor says, I've got my top four starters, maybe a fifth, and then I'm streaming three starts a week, yeah. even in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a different strategy. I think it's more consistent to do it the, the way that, I laid out, but it costs you. I paid a price for those. And to be clear, no matter what strategy you run, you have to know the the pros and cons of it, basically. Um, You know, it's not one strategy is is better than the other always necessarily. It's just kind of, you have to know where you're, where you're gaining benefits from and where you're, where you're, you know, having some weaknesses because of it. Yeah. You've, you give up capital to have a decent catcher. You give up capital to have a good fifth through eighth starting pitcher compared to streaming. And it's just, can you recover from that and put together a, a competitive team losing that capital or spending it? Yeah, I should for say. Sure. But Ben, yeah, I, I, I liked a lot of your picks, like the McNeil. Uh, yeah. McNeil was sound. 
that he can play a lot of I, positions. I had him on my board yeah. quite high. Uh, I like the Christian Javier pick. That was a late pick. pick yeah. You know, Edmund and McNeil, the combination, those guys can play every position in the infield. Well, I think- yeah, Ed- yeah, yeah, Edmund was good. And they each, uh, well, Edmund can give you, a, we think, maybe a little bit of speed too. And that's something that I was looking out for. I like guys that can play more than one position. I mean, it just gives you more options when, you know, it's, it's so much easier. It's so much easier to evaluate filling out your team of free agency because, like for me, like I have a ton of multi-position guys, and I know that from years before of having like to tell Marte. It's like when I go into free agency, I don't need to just look for a third baseman because, well, if Camel Marte can play any position or Jake Cronenworth can play any position, it's like I literally just need the best player available, and then I'll move the other guys around and make him fit in. Yeah, and not to it makes that refresh button a lot easier. Not to beat on him. Or sorry, to, research button. Research button. To yeah. use him as a foil again, uh, you know, Trevor is more consistent and comfortable streaming second and third baseman when they have off days. So he drafts mostly people that are single position. Uh, whereas if you draft the Tommy Edmonds and the Jeff McNeils, you don't need to stream to fill in those off days. You can use your current roster to do that and maybe have one or two bench hitters. So yeah. it's just different strategies. For sure, for sure. If if Hosmer has a good full season like he did the partial season last year, a sixth round pick, end of the sixth round pick for Hosmer, I think is going to pay huge dividends. I hope I've never been a Hosmer fan, unfortunately, but I Mm, I get I get what people see in him and all that. I just I uh, not a never been a Hosmer fan. A swing change in that lineup. I I want every part of the San Diego Padres I can get. No, I agree with that side of it. I just. And this I got guy, him in Grisham. Like it's always people have always been hopeful, and he just never, he just never seems to deliver. I mean, it, maybe it's from all the years of Pat trying to hype him up. But the, the, the guys <laughs> taken before him and after him: Senzel, Pollock, Dalbeck, Riley. None of these guys are, you know. I should have taken Joey Votto. You right. should have taken Miguel <laughs> Sano. He's a, I was taking Sano over Hosmer. Oh, Votto's okay. a twelve dollar play. I'm not sure if you saw uh, saw that, Ben. <laughs> Who was? Vada was a $12 player. $12 player, according to Pat's projections. Goody, did you see the projections, the pitching projections, where you are ahead? In yeah, every I showed and, him. Somehow, <laughs> and somehow I'm, I have like 30 or 40 It, does, it doesn't add up at yeah. all. Like there's, there's some, some serious, uh, uh, we would call them in the audit world, uh, control deficiencies <laughs> in, the, in, this, in this model of Pat. Listen, you beat Pat in every category pitching wise, but he's still like forty dollars better yep, than you. Way better. I even just wait. What? Just I remember I I compared projections. Like Ty France had like the same projections as Joey Votto, yet Ty France was a zero and Votto was twelve bucks. He must be mixing and matching projection systems, like taking the highest on all. Yeah, and I don't Ty even France think his is... dollar value calc made sense. Isn't France like, I, killing it in spring training right yeah, now? He is like, I get why five years France, old too. Why France is a zero because he doesn't have a track record and all that. But it's like, why is Joey Votto $12? And their projections were the same. He shouldn't have been drafted. I said it. No, no I agree. And he'll, he'll like, like I said, the last two years, those guys have floated in free agency. I Once again this year, Votto and Cabrera will end up in free agency. Yeah, they will. They'll both end up there. They don't, like, what are we talking about here? Ben, liked a lot of your picks. Liked Fletcher Lake and multi-position flexibility. Again, these guys aren't going to set the world on fire. You'll probably no, drop one no, or two no, of no. them, but it's good I to plug Duvall. and play. He was a guy that I had stacked away knowing I needed to fill out. Like, 
Look, he's nothing special, but I had him at the end of last year. The guy's going to hit probably 30 useless home runs in Miami, but in fantasy, it's useful. And yeah. Spencer Turnbull, it's just a lottery ticket. Yeah. Gritchuk will slide right in for George Springer for a period of time. Yeah, I definitely went hitting. Did you guys talk about how uh, pitchers went yep. like super yeah, quick? Yeah, they went. Uh, yeah, there was an, uh, it was a it was a biblical uh, starting yeah. pitching run in in the context of this league history. I was uh, surprised by that. I went very hitter heavy once the picks came around to me. I mean, I also do have like three pretty solid pitchers coming back this year, so. Um, I did want to go hitter heavy anyway. Yeah, the, but... uh, I think the other guy who kind of did that, Housky, had the luxury of kind of doing that uh, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Although I think maybe he had less picks available. Ben, you've got Karinchek and Lizardo, like yeah. from your r- rookie slots. So that's basically a ninth and tenth keeper. Yeah, that helps out a lot. I and... want to thank you guys for the rookie round draft because it clued me in. I was like, wait a minute, something's going on here. Yeah, and so, then I so think Jamie, after, after our podcast, uh, oh, us no. just talking about rookies and strategy and all that, guys, like tip me ben off. Started, ben started texting our group chat a lot about like, wait a minute, should I be holding on um, to green. Uh, Hunter green? And he like, and he keeps asking and asking and asking and like going and he's like, who's better out there? Who's better? <laughs> and finally, like, I think he asked the right question where Mook was like, Karanchek and Devin Williams are out there. Like they're valuable. Oh, uh, well, like, yeah. Get- no, no, he was like, well, wait a minute. Like, what is the rookie limit in terms of innings or something? And then Mukari is like, oh, wait, Karanchek's out there. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I got to look at this. <laughs> and it's like last year, even though it was a shorter season, had no bearing on the rule of people being rookie we players not, being rookies or not. Yep. Yeah. So it was like, hey, in my team's position, take a guy that's going to improve your team. And J- what Jamie said on that podcast, it was like, hey, why are you holding on to Hunter Green? And I was like, well, wait a minute. I got to think about this now. If Jamie's saying something, and I texted I you, you about Hunter Green, told you to drop did his you? ass. What did you say? When did you say that? When did you say that? You said I'm gonna I'm gonna hold all or whatever or something. Oh, yeah, hot, yeah. Hot yeah. Hot and he was saying that at Bitcoin. first. I was saying but that at first, but then he kept revisiting. Okay, it so yeah. Well, here's like, the thing. I was saying that because I'm looking at MLB.com. Listen, I'm a paper and pencil manager i'm looking at mlb.com i'm hitting that research button i'm seeing the prospects for this year you know prospects for this year not realizing that guys that played in the league last year even though i had one of them in jesus lazardo could be eligible for this rookie round draft when i should have and it was the most unique rookie round draft ever where there was a lot of well, that's guys. what, And that's what I'm saying. And the other thing, too, I think that the rookie draft and the rookie waiver thing earlier on in this league, it was about using your waiver on the guy that's going to be the next Mike Trout, the next top star player. And I think it has changed, at least maybe for this year, where it's like, hey, just get a guy that a proven player that's going to improve your team right away. So I think I think you're right about that. And I think more managers have evolved to that of using it as a way to get a this year asset or a guy's going to contribute right away. It's kind of like each end of the spectrum, kind of. It's like some guys still want to sit and really wait for that top guy. Like Pat got Randy Orozarena, who was a unique talent and a unique yeah, kind of opportunity and player. 
but he sat for a long time to get there. And, and that's, you know, and that's a certain strategy. And I think some managers still do that. Other guys like myself, I will, I will take guys. I will use it to get a this year player if it's there or all the other managers like me in particular. I know Housky has done this a lot too, you know, Mook, but I pretty much a lot of guys have is that using the lower waiver to just run guys who are very early in development hope they develop if they don't develop move on to the next one um like yeah like i remember jamie saying in the last pod yeah and i think people have gotten had success getting really good players even with low waivers and we've gone over that like i don't think torkelson or vaughn was like a number one waiver and they're gonna be no they were run through they were run through the waiver system from like lower positions really again not to beat a dead horse but like with only two spots available for every manager, it's just limited opportunities to actually roster some of these guys. So you're going to get good players out there because there's we're more probably than... going to be expanding three at some point. I realized oh, the, the vote was very close this year. Mm. We tried to kill oh, it. Was it? The, we tried to kill it before everybody got there, where we get nine no votes or whatever or whatever. I think it was seven no votes to kill it or whatever. But and we were close. And we had to keep waiting for somebody to show up, and then we realized the votes were closer and closer. And we're only a couple away, so. I'm I'd be excited if that happens and I'd be excited if more players are eligible similar to this year, obviously it won't be ever like this again, but if there are some this year type players that are going to be available and then it's, you know, what choice do you make? Are you going to hold that guy for five years or are you going to take the, the middle reliever this year? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of good choice with with a hundred inning pitch limits. That's something that will probably repeat like, like Karanchek last year or Devin Williams, because they're closers, they were even in a full season, they were going to be rookies this year. Yeah. And I think that adds skill expression to the league uh, where if you do your research or Ben, if you listen to the smart people uh, and, and adapt and to be fair, not everyone does. Uh, and you have, which is good That's for sure. Then you can express that skill and you can use that as another way to, to make your team better. Can uh, do we have it for sure. anything else to kind yeah. of oh, cover yeah. before? Okay. okay, I had one other. I had one other thing that just at the very end, the the house or sorry, Trevor's barbecue. That, that's okay. where I am. Did too. you have anything before oh, okay. that, or was that what you were talking about? That's what. That's why I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about the, right. the biggest fail of the draft. Was it okay. the Trevor's barbecue? Was it Evan's pizza ordering? Was it Josh drafting a thirty-three-year-old? the pizza ordering because the pizza ordering was we really were bad. we were like i was starving. we were itching we were we were uh the other thing is like we still had to do the 10th round shotguns with an empty stomach pretty much um it, it yeah the, the pizza order was a big fail uh, walk me through because i wasn't there what was the room like when you realized like obviously evan had ordered this pizza well, let me, let me take it here yet let me walk take me it back real quick jamie <laughs> Let me ask you this. I know you're a plain Jane eater, but what is your feelings on Papa John's pizza? Crap. Okay. Nobody's saying it's great. It's it's, awful pizza. And guess what? There was enough guys to turn the tide and be like, hey, mom and pop me. Yeah, mom and pop me. Mom and pop me. He whipped up the votes right at the end and they all wanted Luna. And then we all wanted this pizza, Luna's pizza. Okay. Evan orders it, okay? And it's like, all right, right as the draft started, which normally we do order it 30 minutes prior. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. He orders it. About an hour goes by, and I'm starting to think, like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And I don't know who said it first, but we get Evan's attention, and we're like, 
hey, uh, is that pizza coming? Like, what the hell is going on here? And he goes, all right, let me go see what's going on. Let me call them up. He calls up Luna's. They tell him, or I don't know if he called them first or looks at the order. No, he orders online first, realizes that he did it for pickup. Oh, <laughs> and then my calls God. them, tells them that another hour so the draft starts well wait well, yeah he calls yeah. him up and says like hey can you get a person to drop off this pizza and they say yeah next delivery person we'll have them come over there a fuck another hour goes by no three o'clock now it's three o'clock now i'm like yo evan you're you're making us luna's pizza fans that i haven't even had the pizza yet but i was vouching for look bad because you ordered the pizza you placed the thing for pickup nobody picked it up nobody has delivered it yet and you called them up and it's like what's going on here so they had forgotten them a third time i'll tell you time. it doesn't matter where you get pizza but the quality of pizza degrades rapidly as it soon does. as it comes out, out of the oven it does that's what we were saying it's on ice yep and 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 that was the thing is like it it wouldn't have happened if we called a papa is what I'm saying. <laughs> so I think this we've is, had, this we've is ordered the, it's we've ordered it's the, on Evan. Evan's mistake. It's that Evan, no, no, no. Evan, Evan made the initial, initial mistake. They then doubled down on it, and I don't know what their online ordering interface is like. That it was an easy mistake to make or not or whatever. But I don't know why he wasn't a normal person. We've called, we've called DoorDash. It's on DoorDash. We've called the Papa every other draft. We've gotten our pizza on time. It's garbage. Garbage. <laughs> I'd rather have hot. I'd rather have hot garbage. What did pizza. you? Okay, listen. It was a little bit colder, but what did you think of the pizza overall? I mean, yeah. It, it, it did they make you new pizzas? The, no, no. We oh had the my same god! Pizza it was a little hours. warm. Oh my god! You you could tell they popped in the oven for like a couple sec. You know, couple for seconds before Awful. yeah before they delivered it. But yeah. It had clearly been the pizza that guess was what there since this cold pizza was still better than a warm Papa John's. I don't believe pizza. that. I I hundred percent. Papa 100%. John's Papa John's dipped in the garlic uh, in the garlic dip. Man, come on. I don't like the garlic. How about that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I was trying to follow along as best I could uh, via Zoom, and the the quintessential moment for me was when Evan was on the phone and everyone else is just silent, and all I hear is. Um, <laughs> Hi, my my name's Evan. I ordered some pizzas, uh, and then I just started cracking up. Oh, poor! I hope, Evan. I hope you were well fed at your house. From oh your my, draft. I was yeah so. chowing down. I'm like, look at these suckers. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie's sitting there with multiple monitors, just having food. Right? I know, right in his fucking bat cave. Right. Yeah. So that's that's fail number one. Uh, the other fail had to be explained to me a little bit, but. Goody, can you walk us through? Yeah, I'll walk you through our side of it. So I didn't hear about all of this until we get to Grotto's after the draft. But um, I'm with, you know, Ben's there, Bill's there, Bill's wife. Is Newark there. or Middletown, Grotto's? Uh, Middletown. Okay. Grotto's right, uh, yeah, right around the corner from Evans. And so um, basically we hear about all of this and that what happens is Houseke in an attempt because he wanted to get beers with us out at Grotto's after the draft thought it was more likely that Scylla would greenlight him going somewhere if he was going to Trevor's house, which I don't know why that would add to it or not or whatever. I mean, we know she's going to say no to him. She never lets him do anything. So he lied to her and said, oh, Trevor's having everybody over for a barbecue at his house after the draft. Now he proceeds not to tell anybody else. He doesn't tell me. He doesn't tell anybody doesn't else. Tell more, me. Importantly, 
More, yes, more importantly, he does not tell the guys who his Have wife, Scylla, talks to all the time. <laughs> They're their wives of his friends. So, meanwhile, like, Bill's telling us the story when we're at Grotto's, and, like, Taylor's looking at him and be like, are we going to Trevor's for a barbecue? And he's like, <laughs> no, what the hell are you talking about? Like, so then she yeah. says that to Scylla. Then Scylla's caught Housky in the lie in all of this. And it's a, it's a whole made-up lie. He creates his own problem that makes no sense yeah. to begin with. He wasn't going anyway, but it, and it's just, it's, it's, it's not only is he making up the lie. And I, you know, I've been reading, a, I told you I've been reading a Jordan Peterson book. And one of the chapters is um, never, it was like, always tell the truth or at least don't lie is one of the rules. Not only did Housky create a lie that made no sense, he executed the lie terribly. But it was bad. You're married. Do you lie to your wife? Is no, a, of course not. Of course not. Listen, ben, second question. 100% tell the truth. Would you have lied for Housky if your wife asked, uh, oh, yeah, we're at Trevor's barbecue? No, I wouldn't have, to okay. be completely honest with but, you. But at least because in that that shit, scenario. No, for, for real, like, it's happened before. I feel, well, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say <laughs> Does she no, listen to your no, podcast? no, but I know that Housky's got like <laughs> I I remember years ago playing basketball. Housky shows up late and he's like, guys, I can only play for like an hour, hour and a half. And we were like, why? He's like, I told Scylla I was out going to just run in the drugstore. And I'm like, like Housky, <laughs> no one takes two hours to go to the drugstore and then comes back all sweaty. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the same thing. So when we used to go to Delaware Park to place bets like on parlay cards. He would tell Priscilla that he was getting Pepto Bismol. That's yes, oh that's God. it. That's what's Pepto Bismol. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, to Goody's point too. So Priscilla tells my wife, like, "Hey, uh, did you hear about Trevor's barbecue?" My uh, wife, wait, Amanda, turns. A second. Her Trevor's the last person ever to actually host a barbecue. Yeah, Here's like the other what? Funny thing about this. Yeah. So Amanda turns to me and goes, "Oh, uh, Priscilla just texted me about a barbecue going down at Trevor's." I'm like. I think we're going to Grotto. So I didn't hear anything about a fucking barbecue. Like, what are you talking about? Oh my God. And, and, and so my point else. is, I'm not, I'm not saying you would have to lie to your wife, but he should at least tell you. So at least then you, when Amanda or when Taylor asked Bill, like, hey, what's up with this barbecue? Have some say, coverage. Oh, Housey made that up. Like, that's just, yeah. I'm dangerous, not saying they though. would lie to Priscilla, but at least, at least, yeah. At least well, that's, open to, like, yeah. And then, decide. yeah, I don't want, yeah. Then you're wrapping Ben in and he's telling yeah. your lies. It's not, well, right. that's what I've had to tell Housey in the past. I feel like, like, hey, I'm not getting involved. Like, right. Keep me out of it. You got to think of a better lie that doesn't involve yeah, keep it, 20 other people. Or, exactly. or like I said, don't lie. Or don't lie. That's, don't lie. That's, that's the bottom ultimate. line. Yeah. Was there another one that you wanted to bring up, Jamie? I mean, I was going to talk about some of the crappy picks, but I feel like no. these two definitely are out in front between Evan ordering pizza <laughs> for pickup rather than delivery and it taking three hours and you eat the same pizzas they cooked for you two and a half hours ago. It was bad. Housky and his it, web so of lies. I told you at the beginning of the show, everybody feels great about their team and they think their draft went great. I hope we all regret the Luna's decision at least. So if the if the decision had to be made again, else. who's going to win? I just need somebody else ordering it. <laughs> That's not, how to if, you were, if you were so gung-ho about it, you should have taken control. I should have, and I and will next gonna, year. Are you going to rally votes for Luna's for, prior to next year? It's going to be an uphill battle, Jamie. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm uh, fighting town hall. You're going to have to start one. in like November, like just recruiting yeah. people. 
listen, guys, uh, I know we didn't have the best pizza experience, but I'm going to order it this time. It's going to be a lot better. If you want to have Lunas in the next draft, I think you're going to have to have another event of people who will be at the draft prior to the draft and show them how good Lunas is hot. And and you're going to have to really sell it. Then just bring the Lunas. Just show up at one o'clock with the Lunas. (laughs) There you go. Then they won't have any option. Problem exactly. solved. It's like a problem. Yeah, there we go. Does Evan's little snafu here uh, in any way change your confidence in him as the commissioner? Ben, we can't see your face because it's just a podcast, but you're, te- you're saying a lot. Well, I thought you were going to say him being a manager, commissioner, though. He's in charge. I think of- he does, yeah, I think he does a pretty good I mean, I think Evan does a pretty good job. He could yeah, be maybe well. a little more. Could I don't want to throw him under the bus. Could maybe be a little more responsive sometimes in the committee meetings. Oh boy! Me, uh, oh, oh, Listen, I'm far away from that. I'm happy to be far away. I don't want to get in, involved with you all on that. <laughs> Aside but, uh, from the fact Evan, that Evan does a good say, job, Evan does a good. I will job. say Evan's been a lot better ever since he left Capital One. Okay, good. Post Post Capital One, Evan on the committee has been a lot uh, a lot more responsive. So. I, still, I still get emails from him every Arbor Day, every crazy <laughs> holiday. Hi, would you like to refinance your mortgage? All, all you have to do is mention mortgage in the in the description of what you're asking and, and you get a response from Evan. And Housky refinanced his mortgage and he was like, I'm going to do it this way. I wish I could save more money. I was like, how about you do it this way instead? He's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Why didn't Evan suggest that? Mm, and I was like, oh, oh no, man. now you're bringing him. Oh, man, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to trash the guy's trade here. Uh-oh. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll stop it there and just okay. last Ben's thing, bringing last to, to the last thing to wrap up, I think. Yeah, um, let's wrap up. Before we wrap up, but the, to continue the kind of housekeeping route, which is funny, you had to know housekeeping was going to be the first one. He had to be the first person to make a move in this league. And it was the most useless move, but oh he, my God. he dropped a guy seconds, maybe not seconds, literally 30 minutes before he got a DL designation on Yahoo. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that, but we've been joking on just that Housky has the one move. And it's not like he could have picked somebody up because nobody's cleared wavered yet. But no. the, the impatience of Housky just cracked. Housky is a day. mover for yeah. sure. Yeah, the classic house case is, is to pick a guy up at 6 a.m. and drop him by 7. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just burning moves. Burning, burning them. them. Burning them. All right. So, yeah, good draft. I'm glad uh, everything came together in the end. Uh, everyone loves their teams. Rookie round was great. Some people and made some good picks. Fed. Questionable yeah. picks. Happy to have Ben as our first guest on the podcast. Congratulations. Thank you for having ben. me. Uh, I hope I was a mature guest for you guys, unlike some people in the league. A mature, responsible guest. Oh, my God. I can't, mature. I can't believe I didn't bring and that who's, up. And who's honest and doesn't lie to his wife. Right. Ben, I'll say probably exactly. the, fir- the first half of the podcast of yours was probably a little bit better than the second half. I know you okay. tail off okay. along with your team. All right. We'll, uh, uh, all right. We'll edit all right. it in post. All right. All right. Well, hey, guys. I'm going to sign off here, but before I do, I want to plug my pod, musicmoviespod.com. And I also want to say uh, this podcast is very entertaining for me, and I think the rest of the league, too. I'm glad you guys are doing it. I think you guys should do it like once a week or maybe once every every now and then. I know you guys are busy. But, We're going to play uh, it by ear. Play it by uh, ear. Okay. See, yeah, we got we to make sure we have enough topics. Well, to talk I about. find it entertaining, and also I want to say – in regards to winning the championship, 
I am really proud and in an otherwise shitty year, like I'm glad that we do have this league and it was, uh, yeah, it was really fun for me to win it. So, yeah, we know the feeling and, uh, yeah, you so guys I'm, know the like feeling. Said, you guys I, got I, six I, rings I, between the two of you. So <laughs> I, I, I respect the enthusiasm. I know what it feels like. And, uh, I, yeah, man, I, I'm pumped. Say, I would say good luck, but I, I want to put my Don't. name on that trophy. Again. Don't. So, <laughs> so, so fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, co- I'm coming for you. Yeah, you bad. I believe we'll it. There. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs> All right. See. You guys, thank you. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode of Talk Chalk. We want to thank Ben for being the first guest on the show. But also, fuck you, Ben. You chalk picking motherfucker. We'll be back once the games get underway to talk about the league's early season storylines. All that and more on the next episode of Talk Chalk.